Handle on the News. Handle on the News! My meeting with Bill Handel was honest, direct, and productive. And now, here's Bill Handel. And uh, the morning uh, crowd uh, right here. Let me say a quick hello. Usually it's crew, but today it's crowd because uh, Morgan has joined us. Okay. There's Jennifer Jones League. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Wayne Resnick. Good morning. Alex. All right. Morgan's arm. There it is. And uh, John. Oh, no. Morgan. Morgan. She tried to throw a bonus hand in there. Yes. An One extra hand. arm. Uh. None of this extra crap. Where she did two arms, right? She puts both arms out, she's like she's new. doing. She's trying to like she's doing a hula, right? That's uh, the last thing we need. You know, both arms out with the arms waving. No, no, it doesn't work that way. Okay, one arm. These are, these are some arbitrary standards you have set. All right, new rules or old rules here. Okay, uh, top stories we're going to be covering today is uh, Trump and Kim. Uh, also, Trump and Kim, that was number two. And number three, top story, Trump and Kim. Uh, although uh, Jeff Sessions de- just said feh on immigrants coming in, asylum seekers. And it's, it's right there uh, in his uh, uh, in his declaration, feh, F-E-H. I hadn't read that. Yeah, coffee here. Okay. Uh, let's do, ooh, also, Law Day coming up this Saturday. Uh, June 16th, 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Uh, As usual, over 100 legal experts uh, with free, good legal advice in virtually every field of the law. Uh, Broadcast of Handle on the Law from 9 to 11. Free seminars, win prizes throughout the day. You can see one lawyer. You can see a dozen. Bring your documents. I don't care. Uh, log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day, sponsored by the People's Attorney of Southern California, Sweet James Bergener. Go to sweetjames.com uh, this Saturday at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. All right. Uh, let me fold that over so I can get the next one going. Let me give that to Alex. Let me move the paperwork around here. Let me take another sip of coffee. It's good that you're explaining everything because mm-hmm. this is radio. People can't That's see right. you. They you need have to, to know. Yeah, I have an itch. Let me scratch myself. And uh, Okay, well, that was TMI. Oh, that was? Yeah. Okay. Cross the line. Well, there you go. All right, let's do it. Lead story. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend All right, uh, the uh, Trump, uh, Kim uh, story, uh, the summit actually um, did pretty well. I mean, there was, uh, obviously, he likes Kim a whole lot more than he likes Justin Trudeau, uh, <laughs> president, or Angela Merkel, or Theresa May, or, 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 and Macron uh, just doesn't like them very much. In the meantime, uh, it went pretty well. I, we expected this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, they, uh, and I'm going to read the uh, later on when we cover this uh, at um, uh, 7 o'clock, I'm going to read the communique. Uh, which uh, starts with, uh, here we go, uh, first word, pablum. Okay. Uh, we'll start. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun, and that'll happen. Anyway, the president left uh, early, as did uh, Kim, mm-hmm. and uh, he's, uh, is he back yet? No, Probably, no. I haven't it's, seen him back It's yet. a 21-hour flight. Mm. 
from uh, Singapore to uh, L.A. Uh, or to Washington, D.C. And it is uh, it's fascinating. A number, they're stopping for fuel, which I don't understand because Air Force One is able to refuel midair. It has that refueling capability, which I guess they didn't use. And uh, also, uh, the president was scheduled to sleep overnight at, of course, uh, a, a pretty good superior deluxe room, I would guess, uh, with, you know, a, a bigger bed. Or In-room a coffee side. maker, the whole uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. And uh, <laughs> he can sleep on Air Force One. as a very comfortable uh, bedroom up front. It's actually uh, a lounge during the day, couches, and then the couches become beds. Oh. And there's one on each side of uh, the the front part of the plane, the fuselage. I was totally thinking of you last night, Handel. I was listening to Conway, and it was like 945-ish. And he and Bender are explaining. They're watching CNN, and they're watching Kim and Trump leave the summit. And the two of them walked over to the Beast, the president's car. And they had Christiane Amanpour up from CNN, and she's like, oh, it looks like the two of them are going on some sort of a drive or something. No, what it turned out to be was it was like the president showing Kim his car. And remember yesterday how you mentioned that Kim Jong Un's vehicle was off the yeah, just a right off the a Maybach yeah. off the shelf off the shelf. Well, I felt like the president was going now, Kim. You realize you're a world leader. This is what your vehicle needs to be, not this off the shelf kind of thing, but the beast. Look inside this puppy. Can you imagine those Secret Service at the moment was probably like. What are you doing? How are you letting a, a leader, especially Kim Jong-un, look inside the beast, the vehicle that's supposed to keep you you know, safe and everything? But I couldn't help but think, Handel called it. Yep. Yesterday he said he couldn't believe he was driving something so basic, technically. Well, it's not quite basic. <laughs> well, $1.5 million yeah, one point, basic. Yeah, 1.7. It's seven. Maybach. Oh, excuse me, seven. Fully armored. Uh, and I don't think it's armored any less than is uh, the presidential car, the Beast. Although the president's car has, uh, I think, a few other added features. The seal. Protection. It's sealed, so protection yeah. against uh, a gad nerve attack. Uh, that it does. Uh, but that, I think that's basically it. Other than that, uh, you can configure the car, uh, the inside of the car, uh, yourself. And uh, there you can put jump seats. You can do all kinds of things in there. Very comfortable car. He could have slept in the car as it was being transported on the big C5 over to Washington. <laughs> well, maybe he was telling Kim, hey, this is how we're going to keep you safe. This is how we're yeah. going to ensure your safety. That gets us. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Uh, why don't we uh, take a break and come back? And uh, there'll be uh, plenty more. We'll go through the uh, stories uh, a little bit quicker. KFI AM 640. handle on uh, the news jennifer jones lee wayne resnick and me and what we were talking about about the president showing kim jong-un his car maybe that's what he meant when he said that he could guarantee kim jong-un's survival although he didn't say that in the communique uh it's very uh very vague and i'll talk about that later uh he did not say survival no regime change or even words to that effect uh, very general. There were some specifics. Uh, denuclearization. 
complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula, which no one knows what that means yet. Uh, even that's vague. But uh, this one was a little strange. I'll, Although I'll do... you would think the phrase complete denuclearization wouldn't be subject to that much discussion about uh, what it means. Oh, you're going to be surprised. You're going to be surprised. Oh, no, I understand. But you'd think, I mean, it means no nuclear capabilities. Right. Well, we'll... I guess. Certainly, we'll certainly see. And, I'm, and I'll go more into this 7 o'clock with uh, the communique. Uh, President Trump's top economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, has suffered a heart attack. Heart attack. Heart attack, heart attack music, please. Heart attack! He's being treated at Walter Reed Hospital in Bethesda, uh, fresh off the G7, which became the G6. Yep. That's all. All right. That's, that's a lot it. of people, I will say, a lot mild of people... Mild heart are, attack. He's not in any danger. No, just a mild Sanders heart attack. He's fine. Just, yeah. Doing well. Uh, now, this is one I know you're going to talk about. Oh, at, yes. I think 730-ish, where Jeff Sessions said that the fear of domestic violence is not legal grounds for asylum. Let's hear it for Jeff Sessions. Hooray, hooray. When Pixie Man, he takes the stand. He was talking about this decision. He reversed a decision by the Justice Department Immigration Appeals Court that had given asylum to this woman from El Salvador who had been raped and abused by her husband. And he said, an alien may suffer threats and violence in a foreign country for any number of reasons relating to her social, economic, family, or other personal circumstances. But asylum statute does not provide redress for all misfortune. Okay, and I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into that. First of all, uh, talk about technically why he has the right to do it and the appeals court was reversed and he did it individually i'll explain why and then a point that he has you know it's uh, as uh, as heartless as it seems he has a point and i'll go into that at uh what seven thirty. supreme court has made it easier for uh, states to kick people off the voter rolls this is that ohio case they said look we got to clean up yeah uh, these voter rolls, we got all kinds of people here who've moved away. They don't even live here anymore. And uh, when all the way to the Supreme Court, they said, yep, you can do it. You're not uh, overly disenfranchising anybody's right to Because they always can re-register. And uh, the point is that uh, you've got 24 million uh, people that are on the rolls that it was just wrong. This is uh, the basis of Donald Trump saying that you've got people that could vote twice, although that didn't happen because we're talking about people that were registered in two different states. Well, they didn't take them off uh, the uh, voting rolls in the state they moved from. And so this makes it easier. Also, it's a very conservative court. So they would probably uphold that only white people can vote. Uh, I'm absolutely sure they would do that. Yeah, and Clarence Thomas would write the opinion. (laughs) That's true. This might be my favorite story of the morning. There is a mom from City of Industry who used taco tactics to keep her family safe. Now, it's a shame this happened yesterday because it could have been taco tactics on Taco Tuesday. Oh, very good point. At least we're talking about it on Taco Tuesday. So this mom takes her family to a taco truck, drives up two parents, their four kids. They get out this taco truck on Valley Boulevard. They go back to the van. They're eating their tacos and some guy walks up who they said was a dangerous stranger, shows him a gun, claims he's a cop. But the mother immediately snaps into action. She goes, hey, would you like a taco? And hold on a second, sir. I'm going to walk back to the taco truck and grab some napkins. Yeah, it's uh, good for her. Yeah. She had the wherewithal and the brights figure it out. And he uh, had uh, the IQ of about par golf because you cannot think of anything more stupid 
And sure, holding him up, uh, not letting him move, and uh, oh, sure, no problem. What is it? What did he expect her to do? Oh, I know. Well, he thought that she thought he was a legitimate cop. Yeah. Uh, and did it in such a way that uh, that was just. And every time we run into a cop, we give him a taco. Yeah. Anyway, the mom goes up, tells the people in line, don't turn around. Yeah. But there's a guy back there I think is impersonating a cop yeah. called 911. When, Boom. Arrested. When Marjorie was uh, carjacked, she was carjacked twice. Oh, that's right. And uh, what she did is she had left the car uh, and was walking away from the car. And there was a guy that was walking towards her and she said don't get near that car walk away walk away she warned him get out of there wow. and that's uh, the same situation same, yeah all right a uh, terrible situation in florida a man shot four children to death uh, one of these domestic you know situations the cops are called after this guy's girlfriend said hey he beat me up they show up. He said, "She says he's up there in this apartment." They go up. He fires a shot at one of the police officers and wounds that police officer grievously, very seriously. And then there's the whole standoff situation. And when they finally resolve it, they go in there. He's dead, and all the kids, all four kids, an, an eleven, ten, six, and one year old. Mm. Two were his. Two were his girlfriends. Jeez. Well, the yeah, feds have taken an interest in. No, let's, yeah, no go do ahead. You wanna, you, yeah, let's, let's take a take break. A break. Okay. Let's take a break, and we'll come back and uh, ponder that one and get everybody super depressed, to say the least. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back. All right. Maybe be the class clown. I'll be the beauty queen in tears. It's a new iPhone showing people out in the wheelchair. Yeah. Tampa, I handle here on a, my goodness, Tuesday morning already. It's Tactical Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. It's Theatrical Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, Tuesday. It's Our, also National... National what? I You know, uh, National Bunion Day. Jerky Day. Loving Day. That's good for us. Red Rose Day. Wait, wait, day. wait. National Loving Day? Yes. Who came up with that? I don't know. There's two kinds of national days. Did you know that? There's the official count of national uh, of a national day officially and that's when congress actually votes it and then there's you make it up and i uh was doing uh, commercials for one of those uh companies that uh, does internet documents right wills and divorces uh you know filing business uh documents llc's that sort of thing yeah pretty much <laughs> and so i'm looking at some copy and uh, it says, oh, it's National Make-A-Will Month. <laughs> so I talked to the AE and said, uh, this smells like they made this up. What? And uh, <laughs> son of a gun, it's National it's National Install Your Windows Month. It's National Peanut Butter Cookie Day. I'm there you sorry. go. And, That's uh, the best one. Uh, is it? Is that true? True. It's true. true. Okay. Uh, National Buy a Sleep Number Bed Day. Ding. Why not? Okay. Uh, let's go on. Uh, more news. Well, the feds have taken an interest in USC's handling of alleged misconduct by a former campus gynecologist. Yeah, the feds are getting involved in this because so many complaints yeah. against George Tyndall, and they never followed up on the complaints from the 90s. And when the feds did do an investigation, 
uh, USC violated the agreement as they're supposed to turn over all information, all complaints. Didn't do it. And instead, the guy just kind of quietly steps down last yeah, year. Yeah, USC. And then we had the, the situation with the president of uh, SC who was uh, asked, demanded that he step down by uh, the students and the faculty. I mean, overwhelming numbers and refused to do so. And uh, the board backed him up. Although and, he did eventually. Oh, yeah, because the pressure just okay. became so insane uh, that it just just overwhelming. A new poll says most Americans think Bill Clinton is a sexual predator, not a victim. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. 53% said he's a sexual predator. 24% said he's a victim. And 24% of people can't decide how they feel about it. A victim, a political victim of Congress? Right. Uh, well, it was, I mean, that's it the was, one theory. It was fairly political. I mean, there's no question about it. And here, my own statement was made. He was impeached with no thought, no chance that he would be thrown out of office in the Senate. And it was overwhelmingly uh, the Republicans that voted for the impeachment. It was basically down party lines. Yeah. So is there a vi- is there victimology there? Uh, who knows? But uh, certainly a politician. It- uh, finds himself embroiled in a politically motivated situation, that's not a victim. That's called you chose to be a politician. Yeah, and yeah. you chose to uh, have no sex. I did not have sex with that woman. Well, you know, the finger wagging. You know, there's a lot of that. Well, there's a security guard and a conductor have been removed from Metrolink after the guard allegedly made a racially insensitive comment. Bienvenida Tijuana. I saw this on the news last night, and it was a big news item, which I don't understand why it was a big news item. So you have a guard who makes reference to Hispanics coming on the train and says something about this should go to Tijuana. Yeah, he said this train must be going to Tijuana. So they fire him, uh, and uh, it's aberrational. He's an outlier. It's done. And and they They fire the conductor basically for thinking that that was, was a funny, funny thing to say. When he was there, I think the yeah. conductor was also well, he kind of laughed, and then he told yeah, the family right. so you who fi- heard you it. You fire the guy, yeah, which, is, which is appropriate, and uh, you're done. That's I think, I think what's remarkable about it is this is the first time that this person who works on the Metro has seen a number of Latino people getting on a train. I mean, you live in Southern California, yeah. so I don't I don't know why it's remarkable that you see some Latino people. Oh, yeah. So uh, there was this road rage incident that ended in a fatal shooting, and police say security cameras caught some of it. It's happened over the weekend. Yeah, this uh, was terrible. These two guys get into it. They're actually ramming each other's cars, and that's the part that some security cameras saw. Apparently, then, one guy drives away. And then this guy, Francisco Pinedo, he goes over to Compton College. Guess who shows up? The first guy who had originally driven away drives back, ends up shooting Pinedo right in the head. Which is why uh, anybody ever gets angry with you uh, in terms of road rage. If you do, do something, never flip that person off. Apologize no matter what. Uh, hey, sorry about that. Even when they've cut me off, it's always, uh, hey, sorry about that. I don't honk on the horn. Uh, 
unless they have that bumper sticker that says honk if you love Jesus. Then I just jam the uh, the horn on. But that's uh, that's about it. All right. Uh, we'll take a break, come back, and we'll finish up Handle on the News. Uh, let's check in with Jim. KFI Handle here on a uh, Tuesday morning. Big story that we're covering, of course, is uh, the Trump-Kim summit. It is over. The president's on his way back. And uh, a lot going on there. I'll explain at 7 o'clock what happened and uh, that communique, four-part. And a lot of it is just, eh, you know, thank you. We'll try to try and we'll talk about trying and uh, we'll talk about talking about trying and we'll consider talking about talking about trying to come up with some kind of a plan. Uh, anyway, so there's that. And Jeff Sessions, uh, if you happen to uh, be an asylum seeker and you're getting beat up uh, to death in Guatemala or uh, Honduras or uh, El Salvador, good luck. Rules have changed. All right, let's finish up. Handle on the news, late edition. Well... We will now all sleep well tonight because we now know how a guy ended up pooping on another man during a road rage incident. Yup. Now, we thought that was very strange yesterday. Uh, we had visions of holding him down, a uh, guy dropping his pants and just letting loose. Oh, contraire. That's not what happened, did it, Jen? No. The guy claims he has irritable bowel syndrome, and when he gets worked up, he can't control himself and he got angry and apparently his bowels did as well and they let it be known on this man's pants yeah uh i'm married to one of those uh no actually no you're not not. thank god she's not listening and doesn't start listening to the show until uh a little later on uh you're aware of podcasts (laughs) right bill I'm going to email her. Dear Marjorie, so, please listen at 652. Uh, hor- yeah, horrible. If you have, so if you have this problem. Yes. He, don't get nervous. He's the guy, though, that instigated it becoming a right. big deal. He right. he went over to the other guy. Right. However, uh, the issue of, quote, the assault, he uh, what he did is he pooped his pants. And it transferred over a lot like OJ, where the blood transferred over to uh, the other side of the sock. The COJ syndrome. Can that guy be sued for assault? You must acquit. Yes. (laughs) That's very funny. Well done. That is excellent. Yes. Uh, Domino's now delivering pothole repairs. (laughs) Wait, Domino's pan pizza? Oh, yeah. Really? Domino's. I love that pan pizza. This is a fun promotion they're doing. It's a great promotion. Uh, They they are, you can uh, suggest your town by going to pavingforpizza.com. And uh, they will arrange to have potholes fixed. And one of the towns they've done right here, Burbank. And they bring out this cool truck that has the Domino's logo kind of on it. It says paving for pizza. And uh, they fix the potholes. This is a much better promotion than uh, IHOB. Yes, it is. And now uh, it's it's obviously they're not going to fix all of uh, the uh, potholes around the country, but no. I guess uh, cities apply and they choose various cities That's and they cute. do it. Cute and idea. you tell me that they're not getting promotion for this, huh? Oh. Whoever came up with this is a genius. 
Well, Southern California Cheesecake Factories apparently cheated over 550 janitors after over 4.5 million in wages. It was technically this janitorial subcontractor that was supposed to be in charge of paying, you know, wages overtime, the meal rest. The yeah, I have a question. Violations. Why, uh, if if they're um, uh, if they're contracting out for the janitorial service, do they have a duty? to make sure that breaks are taken uh, taken and full wages are being paid. I don't quite know uh, what duty they have. Well, they were found jointly liable. I understand, but here's the question. For example, uh, their takeout cartons that are manufactured, let's say they bring them in from Mexico, theoretically, because they're so much cheaper. Do they have a duty to find out that there are no underage children? I mean, at what point? Uh, does that duty stop? And I guess California is saying, if you're contracting out here locally, you have a duty too. If you're looking for a rational reason, there isn't one. Right. If you're looking for the legal reason, it's because uh, in 2015, they passed a law up in Sacramento that basically said you're liable if so a subcontractor you, so, violates right, the rules. So how do you do that? You ask for an affidavit and you're lied to by the subcontractor. Do you then audit the books, and they've already cheated on, and then do you interview uh, individuals who are working for that company? I don't quite know how far you have to go for liability. We don't, we don't know the facts of this case, but I really question uh, the duty that's owed. All right, let's move on. Uh, well, another duty owed. Uh, in Britain, companies would have to justify why a CEO makes so much more than an ordinary worker. I don't know if it's justifying, but explaining. Maybe it is justification. Well, expl- I mean, what? explain, justify. Yeah. You got you to say yeah, that why. That makes sense. That yeah, makes sense. And uh, other than we think the guy is worth it, uh, who comes in and says he's not worth it? Right. No, and does no the government come in and say you cannot pay... Uh, you cannot pay this CEO uh, more than 200 times, for example, the average, uh, the median wage of your workers. Uh, who makes that, that choice? That may be where it's heading. I think right now it's about disclosure and transparency, which, by the way, we did first here in the U.S. They ha- we Companies have to do that, I think, again, since like 2015, the SEC put rules. Now, they've place. always had, we've always known what the CEOs make cause in public companies. Yeah. That has to be reported. But this one is the first disparity with the average worker, the lowest paid worker. And uh, I don't I just don't know who is going where the government's going to come in and say that's too much. Let's finish up. All right. Well, you've heard of bomb sniffing dogs. How about thumb drive sniffing dogs? dogs Police departments are using dogs to sniff out things like thumb drives and phones and electronics. And they say that there's this chemical compound that can be found in all gadgets that contain memory and that the electronics are really hard to sniff out. So it's not like every dog can do this, but there are certain yeah. ones that they say can detect this scent. And they use it to find out if somebody's got maybe a right. guy carrying a flash drive that well, has child porn on well, it. Well, that or would be like pursuant that. to a warrant. Of course. Where the police would go in. And how do they find a, a, a thumb drive, a flash drive? I mean, it's impossible to find. You bring in the sniffer, uh, the, the dog that sniffs out these things and there it is and a warrant they can tear the place apart looking for something like that all right we're done uh coming up the singapore summit 
Lots of news to cover there in that communique and what Donald Trump said and what uh, Kim Jong-un said. All of that. This is KFI AM 640. You've got a friend in me. You've got troubles. I've got them too. KFI handle here on a Tuesday, June the 12th. The biggest story, of course, is uh, the Trump-Kim summit. Also, and later on, I'm going to cover this, uh, Jeff's sessions uh, changing the asylum protections as illegal aliens come in. Not good news for illegal aliens claiming asylum at all. And I'll be doing that at 730. Okay, so let's start covering. Oh, first, uh, Law Day 2018, this Saturday... From 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana, over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com giving free, good legal advice in virtually every area of the law. Handle on the Law live broadcast, 9 to 11, free seminars, prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day, sponsored by Cunning Dental. If you have loose or missing teeth, call Cunning Dental for a free exam with CT scan. Call 888-640-SMILE. This Saturday, Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. All right. Now, uh, the summit, uh, which went uh, as well as could be expected. The president said that if Kim went a little crazy and made demands that we would not agree to, he would politely leave the meeting. I can't imagine Donald Trump, who is unhappy with what's going on in a meeting, politely leaves. Uh, but I, I didn't think that was going to happen, and neither did you, because uh, they are not going to come together and have uh, this huge fight, and especially since the communique that the two of them signed is it's it's pretty much vague, and there isn't much there. The only interesting part is uh, Kim Jong-un's signature. Have you seen it? It's a very weird signature. I mean, Donald Trump has that weird signature, you know, that you can't read at all. Kim Jong-un's signature is even weirder. And uh, just take a look at that. Uh, are we going to put that up, by the way? We're going to put that up on our website, KFIAM640.com, and the keyword is handle. All right. So uh, let me give you a few sound cuts, if I uh, can, of uh, the president's. And we'll just run through, John, all the sound cuts, and then I'll talk about it. I stand before you as an emissary of the American people to deliver a message of hope and vision and a message of peace. My meeting with Chairman Kim was honest, direct, and productive. Chairman Kim and I just signed a joint statement in which he reaffirmed his unwavering commitment to complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. We also agreed to vigorous negotiations to implement the agreement as soon as possible. There is no limit to what North Korea can achieve when it gives up its nuclear weapons and embraces commerce and engagement with the rest of the world that really wants to engage. Chairman Kim has before him an opportunity like no other. Yes, to be remembered as the leader who ushered in a glorious new era of security and prosperity for his people. We actually have a new deal with South Korea in terms of the trade deal, but we have to talk to him. We have to talk to many countries about treating us fairly. 
But the war games are very expensive. We pay for a big majority of them. I think it's inappropriate to be having war games. So number one, we save money a lot. And number two, uh, it really is something that I think they very much appreciated. Uh, which makes a great deal of sense. I talked about this earlier, saying uh, if you are talking about the possibility of peace, uh, do you not stop with the war games? And uh, that, in fact, is what he did. Because if you look at what Kim did unilaterally is blow up his testing site, have not tested ballistic missiles, uh, has not have not tested any of uh, the nuclear weapons, and it's been a series of months. Now, the argument we have, well, uh, it doesn't really matter because he had already finished, he had already done all of his testing, which incidentally is a crock. We probably have the most sophisticated nuclear nuclear weapons capability of anywhere in the world, of any country in the world. You know, the last time we tested, four months ago. We've been testing uh, ever since the bomb was dropped in Hiroshima. And Kim gives it up. And so uh, is uh, you can argue that it was that testing side had already lost its ability. It was about to cave in. Uh, I, I don't know the answer, but uh, at least the appearance of uh, the uh, of, of moving forward with some kind of a peace initiative. Now, the president, uh, in addition to that, uh, also came back with possibly removing the troops. That's going to be the next conversation. And I don't think that's big a deal because there's 28,000 American troops. And if North Korea decided to go across the border... Uh, and attack Seoul, because remember, Seoul is, what, 35, 40 miles from the Korean border, uh, from uh, the North Korean border, Uh, they would attack and destroy Seoul in a matter of about eight seconds. 28,000 troops will do nothing. North Korea has a couple of million troops, and at least hundreds of thousands lined up on the other side of the border. So... At least it's starting. And uh, there is some conversation. And why is that? Because both sides are actually willing to move from A to B. Same thing happened when China and uh, the United States opened up with Richard Nixon and Mao Zedong. The decision was made. It's time to move ahead. Same thing with Gorbachev and Reagan. It's time to move ahead. And this is the time. It's more an issue of uh, two things. An issue of uh, Kim Jong-un, who wants to move ahead, obviously he wants to, and the president agreeing to the meeting. And the attack on the president saying it just legitimizes Kim Jong-un and his regime in controlling North Korea. We deal with plenty of countries out there that are regime-like. I mean, no problem whatsoever on that one. So... It's opening, and it's working, and I want to come back and spend a couple minutes talking about the communique that they both signed and the parts of it. There are four main points to that communique, that communique or the, the agreement, sort of kind of agreement to agree to maybe agree to talk about agreement, and I'll come back and cover that one. In the meantime, good Handle here on a Tuesday morning. So much going on. 
course, the big international story, a national story, is the uh, president and Kim Jong-un with their summit, which appears to be hugely successful in sort of a it really doesn't mean much other than they shook hands and uh, made a couple of commitments that we sort of knew was going to happen. President is on his way back right now on Air Force One, 21-hour flight from uh, Singapore to Washington, D.C. That's a long-ass flight. Okay, even if you're, well, even if you're going business or first class, it's a long flight. Now, Air Force One class, well, I I think, well, there's really not a bedroom on Air Force One. Yeah, it's a lounge that it turns into a bedroom. I don't even think it's the big bed. I think it's a single bed uh, or two single beds on either side of the fuselage, you know, the front part of the airplane. It used to be there was a bedroom, and uh, certainly on uh, the Trump plane, it's a it's a bedroom. Although the bathroom on Air Force One is pretty impressive, if you look at uh, the out, uh, if you look at uh, the floor plan of uh, Air Force One. All right. Anyway, that's just an aside. So the president's on his way back. Uh, the communique was released. And a couple of things uh, about the communique that I want to share with you is Trump and Kim agreed to a basic uh, framework. There are actually four components to the agreement that was signed uh, by the two. And uh, incidentally, uh, uh, the which I think is hilarious, uh, the name of North Korea actually is the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Boy, you talk about irony there. All right, so the United DPRK, the United States and the DPRK commit to establish new U.S. DPRK relations in accordance with the desire of the people of the two countries for peace and prosperity. Uh huh. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, nothing. You know, just not a lot. All right. Uh, point number two. Uh, the United States and the DPRK will join their efforts to build a lasting and stable peace regime on the North Korean peninsula. Now, this one is kind of interesting because does that language, and I'm assuming that's assumed uh, or that's interpreted by uh, Kim Jong-un, does that, excuse me, does that mean that that guarantees there won't be regime uh, regime change. Because one of the uh, aspects of this is Kim Jong-un does not want to lose his power. He likes being a dictator head of North Korea. It's a good gig. The food is good. He lives in a nice place, I'm assuming. Uh, sex, rock and roll, all of it, he has, right? And so... And if anybody disagrees with him, he has that person shot. Uh, so no one disagrees with him. You talk about yes people, you talk about sycophants. Oh, either you say yes or you're gone. It's like Saddam Hussein, where everybody had to wear that mustache, including the women. And if they didn't, you'd be killed. All right. So that lasting and stable peace regime on the North on the Korean Peninsula, which how that's different for the desire of the peoples of the two countries continue for... Uh, or for peace and prosperity. That is the same. Uh, And uh, the one that is uh, probably the most important one is reaffirming the April 27th, uh, 2018 uh, Pamunjom 
uh, declaration. Panmujan is where the uh, the negotiations took place, and it's that house that's right on the border. It's that one little building that actually half of it crosses the border. I mean, it is bizarre. You, If you go from one side to the other inside this rectangular room, you're actually walking into North Korea. Don't open the door on the other side. Do not open the door and step out. You are in North Korea. And they actually tell you that. It's weird. You don't want to do that. So, uh, so the DPRK commits to work towards complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. Now, that one is going to be a big sticking point because that has yet to be defined. And that is probably uh, the end all of this agreement. That is uh, the point at which if there's going to be a genuine peace agreement, it will be on the agreement of what denuclearization is going to mean. Is Kim going to give up his entire program? They've been working on this for 46 years and spending all of their money. Does Kim give that up? Uh, There's probably going to be some kind of a compromise uh, that's going to uh, be reached. That's my guess. And then the last part of it, which... uh, it's kind of good. It's small potatoes for uh, North Korea to give us, but it's important. The United States and the DPRK uh, commit to recovering uh, POW MIA remains, including the immediate uh, repatriation of those already identified. And uh, so, okay, that one is a gesture. It's a good gesture. And uh, Trump, in an interview with uh, ABC, uh, George Stephanopoulos, Uh, right after the meeting, says he trusts the North Korean dictator. Does not trust Theresa May, Justin uh, Trudeau, Macron, Angela Merkel, but he trusts Kim. I do trust him, Trump said. He's denuking the whole place, and I think he's going to start very quickly. Well, again, denuking? He shut down his uh, that one testing facility. He has not yet or he has not in months, several months, tested a nuclear device or tested his uh, the intercontinental ballistic missile that North Korea developed. Uh, that's not denuking, particularly. But it's a good start. The president also invited uh, Kim to the White House. That's going to be interesting. And the other uh, just fun fact is that uh, Kim is the only North Korean dictator that has ever left the country of North Korea other than going into China, which is an ally of North Korea. And if he comes to the United States, oh my goodness, it'll be like Khrushchev in the 60s coming to the United States. Look that one up. It was fascinating uh, when he came in. Okay, uh, we are coming back and it's Sessions, the asylum decision, and it's a big one making it even more difficult for illegal aliens, in this case, declaring asylum. And I'll tell you one thing for this attorney general. When he said, we're going balls to the wall to make it as hard as we can, there'll be zero tolerance. He's not kidding. That when we come back. KFI AM 6.
Handle here on a uh, Tuesday, June 12th. Oh, so much news. Uh, of course, the big one is Trump and Kim. And uh, in a few minutes, I'm going to talk about uh, how that connects to American businesses. Does that mean we have the opportunity for a whole new market? And uh, I'll talk about that. That one's really interesting. In the meantime, uh, let's move over to uh, Jeff Sessions. And Jeff Sessions, uh, in statements he's made the last few weeks, declared zero tolerance for illegal aliens coming in this country. And uh, part of the conversation was, of course, separating children from their parents and uh, finding uh, sponsor families and arresting those if they were illegal. I mean, it's a real mess. So now, what he just did is all but slam the door for people claiming asylum based on uh, domestic violence or gang violence and tens of thousands of people currently waiting for their asylum cases or waiting for their chance to apply. Boy, that's for the most part done. Because yesterday, uh, Jeff Sessions issued a ruling uh, making it hard or impossible for Central Americans fleeing gang violence, uh, women fleeing domestic violence to get asylum in the U.S. or even be allowed to stay in the U.S. to seek asylum instead of just being tossed, summarily deported. And what Sessions said, and some of this makes sense, incidentally. Well, actually, all of it makes sense, and it's just which side of the coin you are on. He said, generally claims by aliens pertaining to domestic violence or gang violence perpetrated by non-governmental actors will not qualify for asylum. If it's the government persecuting you, that's one thing. But if it's non-government activity, you don't qualify, which makes it so much more difficult. And here's what happened. There was a case that came up, matter of A, B, because no names are given, and uh, the Board of Immigration Appeals decided in favor of the illegal alien claiming uh, violence, and I think it was El Salvador. What Sessions did, and this is the law, and this is a question I have, which uh, I've always been pissed off. After the Board of Immigration's appeal made their decision, Sessions refers the case to himself and rules in the opposite direction. So the Board of Immigration Appeals is really not a judicial body. It's a quasi-appellate body of immigration court. It's quasi with the attorney general able to overturn that decision. And that's exactly what he did. And he said uh, that if you're suffering either from the persecution of gang or domestic violence, ain't going to happen. That's not enough to allow you to stay. And uh, this one is, uh, this is a tough one, because up to this point, uh, the government has considered that as a uh, genuine basis for granting asylum. Uh, but here is uh, the problem that we have. Uh, human rights groups have urged the courts to see domestic violence as a form of gender-based violence. See, there are only a few bases, and it's government persecution and the people that are allowed to apply for asylum are people who have been suffered by the government or have been 
uh, in fact, uh, singled out because of race, religion, uh, because of their social group. And this is where it gets really sticky. And that is the social group. And how do you define the social group? And then it depends on which side again. If you are on the side of letting people in and being humane, and I put that in quotes because uh, it is truly a, uh, a case of humanity uh, among those who advocate asylum, and on the other side, it's a question of being inhumane and not granting asylum to people who will probably get killed when they go back. Or there's a good chance they'll get killed. But here's what Sessions said. Is that fear of domestic or gang violence, for example, in El Salvador, is everybody. I mean, the entire country could apply for asylum based on that. Why? Because it, the gangs completely control El Salvador. And as a matter of fact, you've got members of the police and the government who are part of or have really strong ties to those gangs. And Jeff Sessions said, and rightly so, do we let everybody in, even if it's a legitimate fear of non-governmental prosecution? Let's say uh, domestic violence. But I just don't mean domestic violence. I mean domestic violence on a grand scale to where your life is genuinely in danger. So does the government let you in on this one? A country where there's gangs. Well, El Salvador, certainly... How about uh, the uh, people in Mexico who live in villages or parts of uh, Mexico, certain counties that are totally controlled by the narco, uh, nar- narco, uh, uh, well, exactly, narco traficantes, there it is. And do they have the right to come in here? And the argument is going to be, well, you can move, you know, move to another state. Well, in El Salvador, you can't move. Because if you move from one area to another, you still have the gangs that control. So it's just getting tougher and tougher. And you're going to see that uh, the number of people uh, trying to cross the border and claim asylum is going to drop to virtually nothing. All right. uh, Coming up, Asia's response to the summit And remember, it affects the rest of Asia much more so than it affects us. And I'll go through that when we come back. KFI AM 640. Okay. KFI Handle here. Uh, Law Day 2018. This Saturday, 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 legal experts uh, giving free legal advice in virtually every field of law. A Handle on the Law broadcast, 9 to 11. Free seminar. Prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day, sponsored by the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. During Law Day, get a $5 discount to visit all of the exhibits at the Bowers. Now, what's going to happen as a result of the Singapore summit? How does it transform Asia? Who's the big winner? Well, clearly, South Korea is a big winner because South Korea is, in fact, in uh, the crosshairs. South Korea was uh, the victim of uh, the Korean War, 
when uh, Kim Jong uh, Kim Jong Sun, uh, the grandfather, uh, decided to begin the war for the unification of Korea. He wanted North and South Korea to be one country under his control, as was his son, as is the grandson, Kim Jong-un. So, uh, South Korea is thrilled if it turns out there is going to be a peace accord. And even though the United States is uh, is sort of the point of uh, the... of the... the, nuclear power, uh, the nuclear capabilities, the weapons capability that North Korea has. It's all about defending itself from the United States. And this attack that's going to happen is going to be a unilateral attack that we are going to make on North Korea. Eh. Uh, I don't even know if he believes it. I'm thinking that it was mainly for uh, domestic consumption. But South Korea is going to get nailed if there's any kind of altercation, military altercation. But I'll tell you the big winner is China. Man, China is the winner here, big time. And why is that? Well, it has to do with removing the troops out of the Korean Peninsula and pulling back all of the military exercises, leaving China in the South China Seas effectively alone. One of the things that at least seems to get in the way of China taking over all of the uh, South China Seas, and it has already, it's declaring itself uh, literally the owner of those seas by uh, creating these islands, man-made islands, and putting military installations on them and then declaring it's a um, 200-mile, it's a, uh, the way it works around the world now, it's 200 miles of territorial water. You know, it used to be three miles And then it went to 12 miles, and now it's 200 miles, which I think was started by Peru, if uh, memory serves, to protect its its fishing waters. And then, of course, the rest of the world pick it up. Okay, 200 miles is fine. So if you dot the South China Seas, as China has done, and you have 200 miles surrounding every one of those islands, man-made islands, guess what happens? They're declaring a good part of the South China Seas theirs, and it's not international waters. And that is a, uh, that's a huge roadway, if you will, for uh, international, uh, international trade with these huge container ships. And China's saying, that's ours. That is not international water. Those are not international waters. So removing the, tri- uh, the troops from South Korea takes away a lot of the military capability of dealing with China. I mean, a lot of what we do is we show our muscle. We go out there to uh, the the South China Seas with our aircraft carriers. We know there's a deterrent because we have troops just right next to it in uh, Japan, for example. And even there's a discussion about whether or not troops should stay in Japan, and uh, now uh, they, they've gone from we want you out to, uh, you know, it's kind of a good idea to have you here. But with China, it's a totally different story. And uh, which is why President Xi has been such a player in the background to make sure this happens. Okay, well, they're winning. We're going to win. North Korea is going to win. 
And uh, South Korea is going to win if this thing pulls, uh, if this is pulled off. That's great news all the way around. Big difference between the, we're on the, on literally we're on the cusp of some kind of a military intervention that we were, well, under this president, is there any doubt he would have done it at all? And it's under this president that we may pull off some kind of a true peace agreement. Coming up, Brian Suits, Tactical Tuesday. What does all this mean in uh, the way that Brian looks at this? KFI AM 640. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like victory. We're airborne. We don't start fights. Finish them. It's a uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, a quick word about this Saturday after Law Day. On Saturday evening, I am hosting the Lawyers and Judges Concert at Walt Disney Concert Hall. It is the Lawyers and Judges Philharmonic. And it is a benefit to raise funds for those who cannot afford legal services, which is just about everybody in America. So go to uh, LALawyersPhil.org. I'm emceeing it. It's great fun. LALawyersPhil.org. All right. Now, Brian Suits uh, with Tactical Tuesdays. Brian, good morning. And I want your take on the military uh, outcome of uh, the peace process if peace actually does come. And there is some form of real denuclearization and it's probably going to be some kind of a compromise because Kim, I don't think, is going to give up everything. And uh, did we just lose him? Okay, we just uh, lost Brian. We'll get him back um, because uh, he was here really late last night. What was he doing? Uh, he was uh, from what time to what time? I know he was on the air broadcasting what was going on with Trump and Kim, which ended up uh, happening our time in the middle of the night. Okay, Brian, right, you there? Hey, Brian, you there? Yep. Okay, um, here we go. So militarily, here's 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 the deal. The North Koreans have been here before. The only difference is they haven't sent one of their leaders. I tweeted out a link to all the times since 2005 they said they were going to denuclearize. So there's that. By the way, the Pentagon is being very professional this morning, but this talk of ending exercises on the Korean Peninsula is news to them. This absolutely blinds them, and it's even more surprising because Kim Jong Un a month ago agreed to American troops in South Korea and that they could uh, do annual exercises just like the North Korean army does, and they would not declare them acts of war, you know, like they always do. So this is a total shock to uh, to the Pentagon. But uh, uh, And then the, the, the military aspect of, of so-called denuclearization, again, they haven't defined that. Um, and they were in the American side. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was even using a generally accepted acronym incorrectly. The acronym is complete, verifiable, irreversible dismantlement. And he kept saying denuclearization. And that might sound, you know, like a distinction without a difference. But there's a very specific definition. And it means, you know, investigation. It means verification. It means inspection and all that. So if this was the first meeting... I'm I'm fine, you know I'm I'm with that, and it sounds like there's going to be follow-on meetings. All right. So uh, one of the things the president said, reference to uh, the exercises, is that 
we're going to be saving money. And then he said a lot of money. Any idea of the cost to the United States of uh, these uh, annual exercises? Oh, billions. But that's why the cost is of not doing exercises, Pearl Harbor. You know, that's why we do them in Europe every single year. That's why we do them uh, in, uh, in Africa, in, in all that. It's, it, you know, it's why we do them. Uh, and, and, for instance, it's why we validate a Minuteman missile every year. We pull one out randomly. We put it, truck it to Vandenberg. We shoot it in the Pacific because the things were made in the 70s. So that's why we test them, you know. And, and so, yeah, there's a – it's kind of – to cancel readiness testing and drills because of cost savings is, is a bit silly. But then again, this entire thing is intended for voters in Ohio and Michigan. Right. So – uh, let me throw something at you. Uh, if uh, there is genuine peace, and let's say uh, the denuclearization occurs uh, to the point where uh, everybody is sort of kind of happy there'll be a compromise, and it is conceived or considered that North Korea really is not a threat, does it not make sense to uh, put on hold the exercises differently than the European, where the threat of the Russians... Uh, uh, getting into some kind of a military uh, altercation uh, with uh, the countries near it, because uh, we know what Putin wants. And can you discern the two, or is there no difference? Uh, no, but in that case, you would say, when you are verified to be no longer a nuclear power, we don't have to do exercises every year. But until then, uh, please enjoy the air shows south of the DMZ that we put on several times a year. You know, he... Trump just did what he complained about Obama doing. You know, Obama front-loaded the Iranian deal with, with 180 billion cash of Iranian money and said, "Here, have a bunch of cash, and then we'll trust you to comply." He just he just did what he what he complained about Obama doing. What you would do is say, "Listen, uh, we weren't talking about this, but I'll tell you what: if we verify that that your missile construction and that your warhead construction is completely gone, and you have a full accounting for what you've made to this point." We can pull back on these exercises, and we can, might even be able to pull troops out of South Korea. So think of that. How about that for an incentive? So that, where, that's how you do that. Where do you think it's going to go? If you had to guess, uh, what, what, where do you think this denuclearization is going to go? Well, we now have to polish a turd, or else we look even more ludicrous as a country. So there will be follow-on meetings. But this is all going to settle at what, what I was talking about a couple of months ago. The North Koreans are not going to eliminate their nuclear stockpile, but they might agree to a set. Um, that's realistic. They might say, oh, okay, 20 of our ICBMs uh, with, with a warhead each, with an H-bomb each. We won't build one more, but we will also not have one less. And you can inspect that. That might happen, uh, but it's just that, and, and I don't know, Trump hasn't been advised this, but the North Koreans have been this close before in 2005 and other times. This is part of their game, uh, and then they drop drop the metaphorical bomb or the lie, you know, coming up. This is the only difference this time with the grift is that this time they have a front man. They have Kim Jong-un. And, hey, look, he's shaking hands with the American president, so he just won a beauty contest. He just took a pariah state, uh, nuclear and then now legitimate on the world stage. All right. And so that that's the part I don't like at all. So all right, they, Brian. They uh, thanks. And you are heard every Saturday and Sunday here on KFI, Saturdays from uh, 10 to midnight and Sundays from 8 to 10.
Take care. Thanks for the insight. As always, even though Ryan and I disagree almost constantly, uh, it's uh, I always enjoy uh, his take on this. All right, coming up, we're going to switch gears completely. And let's talk about genetic testing. Are you going to die? Well, of course you are. Are you going to die of some horrible disease in the next two weeks? Of course you are. But do you want to know about it? Aha! We'll find out. KFI AM 640. And this is KFI Handle here on a Tuesday. A lot going on. And uh, the big deal is the Trump-Kim uh, summit, of course. And uh, the president is on his way back. And it looks like it was a winner. And then I uh, love that communique that was issued by both of them saying nothing. And also uh, Jeff Sessions and asylum. He's making it far more difficult, almost impossible now, for uh, folks claiming asylum on the basis of domestic violence and persecution by gangs, for example, in their country of origin, particularly in Central America. All right. Uh, a little bit of medical news. Uh, let me ask you a question. If uh, you have a genetic mutation that increases your risk for a treatable medical condition, you want to know? Oh, no. Well, at the Geisinger Health uh, System, this is in Pennsylvania, uh, they are offering DNA sequences to 100 patients, a test. And uh, the eventual goal is to offer it to all 3 million of, uh, it's an HMO, of these patients. And the test is going to look for mutations in at least 77 genes that are associated with dozens of medical conditions, uh, heart disease, cancer, uh, hereditary issues. And according to the CEO, uh, CEO David Feinberg says, we're giving more precision to the very important decisions that people need to make. Now, uh, there is where uh, there are a, little, a few caveats here. For example, uh, there's already testing out there. Uh, they're not genetic tests, but they're tests, blood tests. For example, that shows uh, that you are that you have the gene. Actually, it's a, it's uh, it shows whether there's a gene or not. But it's been around for a million years. Uh, Huntington's disease, which is basically you're dead in ten years. Woody Guthrie had this disease, and uh, it's Lou Gehrig had this disease, ALS. And uh, do you want to know? Do you have a case? About half the people say yes, half the people say no. And let's say you take the test now, and you know as soon as it kicks in, you're going to die within 10 years. A lot of people don't want to know. A lot of people do. And uh, the BRCA gene for uh, breast cancer, BRCA1, BRCA2, that shows you have a propensity of, uh, of breast cancer, propensity to get breast cancer, to the point where it's almost absolute in some cases, which is why Angelina Jolie had, I think, prophylactically had her breasts removed. And a lot of, I know a few people that have done that because that, those are the chances of breast cancer. Can you imagine uh, someone in their 20s, 30s having a mastectomy for fear they're going to get breast cancer? So uh, there is now uh, enough gene technology where it's uh, the exome sequencing and uh, it analyzes 1% of the genome, but that 1% 
uh, makes up most of uh, the the proteins that cause uh, diseases or propensity for diseases. And here are a couple of rules, and this is fascinating stuff because we we're there. Medical science is already there, and we have to make some decisions, some big ones in terms of uh, uh, genetics and uh, the ability to alter genes to make you bitter, bigger, stronger. I mean, I'd love to have hair. And if my parents could make me have hair, uh, that would have been terrific. Bastards. God, I hate them for doing this to me. You know, the genetics. My dad uh, had, uh, was right after the war, a quick story about genes and genetics. Uh, my dad had met this Italian woman. He was in Italy after the war. Uh, this beautiful, gorgeous Italian woman. Like Sophia Loren uh, is, is what you would compare her to. And she was totally in love with him. And I've seen pictures. She was a total knockout. And, of course, he wouldn't marry her because she was Catholic. And my dad had just lost his entire family in the Holocaust. So that would be an affront to his, his thinking. But I look at pictures and I'm thinking, oh, my God. I look at my mother and I look at her and I'm thinking, had she been my mother, this Italian woman, I would be thin, have a, a just a head full of Italian hair. I'd be in Rome right now. Alex, get away from him. The lightning's going to strike. I'd have uh, my coat over my shoulders, dangling cigarette from my mouth. As all these women pass, I'd snap my fingers and go, baby, 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 baby. And I'd uh, be scoring like crazy. But you wouldn't have Marjorie. Oh, I, I would. I would just look <laughs> differently. That's all. But the point I'm making is uh, if you are going to have a, a disease, I digressed a little bit, uh, would you choose? Would you choose to know? Would you? Yes. You would want to know. 100% because I'd want to live in the moment then. Okay. Uh, Alex, would you choose oh, to find out? Oh, yeah, I would. Okay. Uh, there is uh, Morgan. Would you choose? Just use your arm. Yes or no? She would. John, uh, do you have any idea what genetic testing is? I do. Okay, would you choose? Uh, sure. Okay, yeah. yeah what about you? Um, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Probably. Then I could spend all my money. I wouldn't have to worry about retirement. <laughs> Sex, drugs, rock and roll, I guess. All right, coming up, Handle on the News, late edition. Handle on the News. Late edition. Handle on the news. I took everything everyone came at me, and I'm still standing. And today is a great day for everybody. Singapore. Bill Handle. Tokyo, China, everything. It's a great day. And now, here's Bill Handle. Oh, yeah. There we go. It's a Tuesday, uh, June the 12th. Big stories that we're covering, of course, the Trump, Trump, him, uh, the summit. That has occurred. The president is on his way back from uh, Singapore, 21-hour flight. That's lovely. All the way back to Washington. Also, this Saturday from 9 to 2, it's uh, Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Join me and 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com. Free advice in virtually every field of law. That's Law Day this Saturday, June 16th at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Okay. It is that time, isn't it? Handle on the news, late edition. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me, lead story. Kept my head up high, brother. I knew things were going to change. I knew it. I, I was the only one. Disney. 
Now, of uh, all the people that I've heard in the public uh, media, uh, how many people need speech therapy more than Dennis Rodman? He was for Clemson. Uh, he was so moved this uh, morning. Yeah, and, and he's the one that put it all together. Just ask him. But don't give him the credit. He keeps saying, don't give me the credit. Right, and he's ta- while he's the taking credit. the credit, he's over there in Singapore talking to no one other than the media, of course. And uh, a couple things. First of all, uh, his trip was sponsored. We know what organization sponsored his trip because he sure as hell didn't pay for it. He was wearing a um, pot shirt when he got there. It was like somethingpot.com. Oh. He's promoting a, uh, a marijuana-based cryptocurrency. And they went ahead and they paid for his trip over there. And Dennis Rodman has no money, right? He went through it like a drunken sailor. Yeah, I think he was one of the ones who went bankrupt. I don't know. Am I sure. offending drunken sailors? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they won't know they're not up yet. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. Maybe not. I don't know. All right. Well, one of the, the – the, Takata is saying three deaths are too many, and they've got a big recall campaign when it comes to their airbags, and it's focused a lot of it right here in the Valley. Seems like Valleyites aren't uh, getting the recall. They say 24,000 vehicles in the Valley alone have these recalled airbags. Yeah, now I have a question. Uh, Since we're talking, what, 15, 20 million cars around the world uh, are recalled by Takata, who is the last ones 20 million down the road? I mean, are they going to get it next week? I don't know. I'm just, I don't know if this is the case with every dealership. I don't either. But I know that our car had to have its airbag replaced when we took it in. And so I, our bill was going to be like 750 bucks or whatever. But because we had one of the recalled airbags, they cut our bill in half. Really? They said, we're going to take care of the recall and we're going to cut your bill in yeah, half. So I'm assuming that when you go in for service, they replace the airbag. And, yeah. I, and I haven't uh, had uh, any cars uh, that I guess are under recall because I always get... Our car is fixed at the dealership. Yeah, where us uh, too. where yeah. my Beamer lives. <laughs> Michelle and I were just commenting. I just on had that another one last day. week. Last week it went into the shop. Uh, Michelle said, fact, "Did he get a new car?" I said, "No, no, that's no, his no. New it's, just, my, it's my it's uh, my yeah loaner." As a matter of fact, uh, there's a spot. At the dealership, that a car is reserved for me, and it says reserved for handle. You're There's like a the service norm. bay at your dealership yeah, yeah. that's reserved for you. Yeah. He walks in there, and they're like, handle! Yeah, ask like me if, Norm did it, cheers. Yeah, ask me if I'm going to get another one of those. Okay, now some horrible news. Wow, uh, uh. the 19-month-old daughter of U.S. Olympic skier Bodie Miller drowned in their swimming pool. And she, uh, she died on Sunday. Paramedics tried to revive her, but my understanding is, you know, they got her, they rushed her to the hospital, but the entire way to the hospital, there was no pulse. And all you need is a moment where uh, if you don't are constantly looking and it, it, and many of us have had situations, I mean, all of us where uh, uh, with kids where you took a moment or two and you, you, you kick yourself in the ass saying, oh, my God, this could have happened. I could have been in trouble. Uh, my kids, I remember uh, there was a time when I was at uh, the store and I lost track of my daughter. She had run off because I just turned and uh, and she could have I mean, someone could have grabbed her. I mean, it's one of those things where it's combined a moment and a disaster, and that's what happened to Bodie Miller. They said, I think that they were at a pool party at one of their neighbor's houses. Yeah. So you can imagine everybody's distracted. Oh, and, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. So whenever I had a pool party at home, I hired I hired a uh, a lifeguard. Did you really? Oh, absolutely. 
I would That's never funny. have a pool party for children without a lifeguard, ever. Because what ends up happening is the parents are distracted yeah. and they're talking and a kid could go under and you wouldn't even notice with all the kids splashing. Uh, so it was hilarious seeing the lifeguard with the the, the life, the vest or whatever they have. Uh, and it's just, yeah, just That's sitting smart, around. Though. Yeah, no. And here, here's another, if uh-huh. for a moment you don't pay attention. 37 kids in the U.S. die in hot cars every year, according to a new report. Because hell. And again, all you have to do is forget, set the little ones in the back seat, you're rushing in and you grab something, or even worse, I mean, that's just a mistake. However, if you purposely do it, that's a felony in in, uh, half the states, Uh, purposely doing it meaning that you you crack your window and you're only going to be in for a few minutes and you're delayed and you come out and you've got a kid who is uh, dead or close to death. 50% 50% of parents were uh, unknowingly left the kid in the car. 27% of the children gained access to the car on their own. 18% were parents or caregivers who purposely left their kids behind. Yeah, now the 18%, those are, that's that's criminal. But how about the people just, I mean, they're, obviously it's criminal to let a kid die too. But again, it's just not thinking for a moment. And it's just the thought of it. And so, uh, obviously the rule is you never leave a kid in the car. You take the kid with you. Did you notice this, too, though, real fast? Between 1998 and 2017, 742 kids died in cars. But in 2017, there were 42 kids who died. So 42 out of 742 died in one year. And what's what kills me is that I feel like our focus is more on that now than it has been ever before. So and, it's and actually the increased. Are, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. The numbers have gone up. And also the new technology in the car uh, because of the weight, uh, they, it's going to figure out uh, the weight, much like uh, a lot of um, the technology that you have in modern cars or newer cars, uh, the airbag, uh, they they actually, it actually measures the weight right. in each car. Right. So uh, anyway, uh, let's just move on. Uh, first, let's check in with Jennifer Jones Lee. We're going to be your Drive those eyes. We'll be back in the morning when the sun starts to rise. KFI Handle here as uh, we finish Handle on the News, late edition, Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Apparently, your kids are eating way too much sugar. Sugar. That's true. According to the uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, they looked at a bunch of long-term survey data, and they crunched the numbers, and they found that, no, toddlers 12 to 18 months Five and a half teaspoons of added sugar. They're not counting the sugar that's naturally in right. anything. Five and a half teaspoons added sugar a day. 19 to 23 month olds, 7.1 teaspoons. The American Heart Association's recommended amount of added sugar per day for adult women is only six teaspoons. Yeah, crazy. So I'm done. My I, When I was, uh, my kids were little, I would, for lunch, feed them a cup of sugar. <laughs> and that's it. They loved it. They actually ate it. Forget the vegetables. Right. Sure they did. <laughs> well, we've got new charges against that cop in Glendale who allegedly had ties to the Mexican and Armenian mafias. Now, this guy, John Balian, is now facing uh, charges of soliciting a bribe oh, and yeah. obstructing justice. Very serious guy. You talk about a rogue cop. 
his the accusation against him are really extraordinary. Now, you guys tell me it's according to a criminal information filing last week. And yep. that what does that mean exactly? It means two things. Number one, it means he agreed that the government didn't have to go to a grand jury to get those charges. And that's a fact. And then what I surmise is he is going to be a big cooperator oh. against, uh, against the, the, the gang mom. people. Got it. Oh, he's going to be a rat in order well, to save himself? Well, uh, that's not how they put it, but yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, hey, new sanctions on Russia over cyber attacks. Five entities, three individuals. Uh, they say that they either conducted cyber attacks on us or funded cyber attacks on us. And uh, this is nothing new. No, it's just some new sanctions. But I, I want to point something out here uh, because uh, the uh, president doesn't believe the cyber attacks are going on. As you know, he's the one person in the United States doesn't believe it. He gets a lot of grief for that. But that's all him talking. In the meantime, he has not stopped one sanction from going in. And the sanctions are getting bigger and bigger. And uh, he's just letting those go while he is saying good things about Putin. And while he's saying, let's bring Russia back into uh, the right. G Yeah, in the meantime, community. he has not even just involved himself in stopping the sanctions one bit. I don't know if we're filming Game of Thrones or the next Mission Impossible. Right. Actually, it's Mission Predictable, <laughs> the name of uh, the television show and the movies. Yeah, because they're saying that, I guess, they're so worried about the scripts being leaked and spoilers happening that yep. they've given the actors self-destructing oh, yeah. self scripts. Yeah, they're going crazy with this, with the uh, security, because the scripts are out there uh, before they're on the Internet. By the time they're handed to the actors, the scripts are out there on the Internet. So they're doing all kinds of security measures. They say when they get the scripts, they shoot the scene and the script vanishes. Well, there you are. That's it. Uh, also, new technology to help firefighters here in California. They're testing Anaheim Fire and Rescue, the Orange County Fire Authority, and OC Parks are testing this remotely activated snorkel site technology. Basically, it's a big tube, comes out of a helicopter, and it's activated by radio signal, and then they can... They can suck water out of natural or man-made right. sources that are closer to the fire and refill the helicopters like, instead of having to fly it's, along It's like the, the super scoopers, but more high-tech. Yeah. And, of course, the helicopters can uh, hover over a puddle, for example, uh, with a, a sinkhole full of water. It's pretty good, neat stuff. Yeah. Well, there's a federal agent from Palmdale who's been convicted of three felony counts in a housing scam. I'm gonna make this yeah, a program that gives uh, federal agents or people that work for the government, particularly in law enforcement, uh, 50% off housing. And uh, they have to live in it three years. And this uh, agent, Kanit uh, Kunaragatai, I may have actually gotten that one right. I think you did. Uh, yeah. Uh, he made false statements. He swore that he lived in those places, and he didn't. You know, he was renting them out. them out. And he lied. Uh, also, uh, the government's launching a new office to identify people who cheated to get citizenship. Now, the spin on this is uh, the only people that the government ever went after were, for the most part, the Nazi war criminals who came in and uh, used uh, false information to get their passports 
And there have been very few that, in fact, were uh, thrown out, and all they do is deport them back to their country. There have been a few, and uh, all the Nazi war criminals are dead. I mean, there's nobody left. Well, they're, so they're going after more sort of ordinary lying right. about something. Right, and uh, they've set up a new agency, uh, lawyers, uh, several dozen lawyers, immigration officers, to go after these people that lie about obtaining U.S. citizenship. Because once you get U.S. citizenship, you are not touched by immigration. You're done because you're a U.S. citizen unless you've committed fraud. And that's the only basis of tossing you out. You can commit mass murder and they're not they can't deport you because you're a citizen. All right. uh, Coming up, investments in North Korea. U.S. investments in North Korea because of or as a result of uh, the new relationship that is and probably will occur with North Korea. I'll be back with that. This is KFI AM 640. KFI Handle here on a uh, Tuesday, June the 2nd, the big story. Of course, the summit. President's on his way back, 21-hour flight from uh, Singapore to Washington, D.C., and uh, the Jeff Sessions, uh, his announcement that asylum seekers uh, will probably not get asylum, really limited big time. Also, uh, Law Day, this Saturday, 9 to 2, at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Uh, Over 100 legal experts uh, giving you free legal advice in virtually every field of law, free seminars, prizes throughout the day, Log on to KFIAM640.com, and the keyword is Law Day for this Saturday uh, at the Bowers in Santa Ana. Now, what happens as a result of uh, the proposed peace agreement? I think there actually is going to be peace between the United States and uh, North Korea. And, of course, South Korea will become part of it, too. And you'll see out of that, uh, there'll be compromises. And does that mean that North Korea is going to be open to American businesses. Well, it's potentially very lucrative uh, because anybody selling anything, there's a market for in North Korea because they have nothing. And so infrastructure, roads, et cetera, uh, building, uh, retail. Well, I don't know how much retail there's going to be. McDonald's coming in. Now, they do have one fast food place in Pyongyang, and it sells the famous McRock because that's all they eat over there are rocks. It's a very poor country. So a lot of possibilities for foreign investors. But uh, here's the problem. It's going to be a long time because one of the things about the... Uh, the Kim family and Kim Jong-un, who's a very bright guy, obviously. He comes into power at 26. And he is able, and no one believed he was uh, able to maintain power. And a matter of fact, be more ruthless either than his dad. And so what North Korea looks like is a lot of potential. But man, do these companies have to be very careful. Well, first of all, it's uh, China. I uh, mean, that's going to have, uh, obviously... The best bet. And China has a Belt and Roadway Initiative, hundreds of billions of dollars developing roads and ports and railways all over the world. China, big time, is getting involved in that. Also, 
And uh, one of the things, if there is a legitimate peace between the United States and uh, North Korea, is there will be uh, there there will be openings for American businesses, but foreign investors in North Korea have truly been burned in the past. Uh, in the 1980s, Pyongyang defaulted on loans from European and Australian banks, and they've never gotten their money back. No, thank you. Not going to pay you back. In the late 2000s, there was an Egyptian conglomerate uh, to build the country's first cellular network. That went south. Done. That was taken over by the government of North Korea. In 1998, the Hyundai Group started operating a mountain resort for tourists in North Korea. As, you know, Why not? Let's go to North Korea and die. And uh, 2 million South Korean visitors were there over the course of 10 years. And then there was a North Korean sentry where a tourist was killed by North Korean sentry. That's it. Boom. Closed down. And uh, uh, Pyongyang confiscated the entire uh, the entire resort. And then let's, you know, the economic zone. It's a very interesting one. There's uh, a place called Kaesong uh, where North Korean workers make goods for South Korean companies because, uh, first of all, uh, the government of North Korea needs hard currency. I mean, they are desperate for dollars. Real hard currency or Deutschmark, well, or euros. Deutschmarks are long gone. And it was dirt cheap to hire North Korean workers so it's a win-win problem is every single time there was any kind of political issue uh someone is shot uh something is said uh the uh kim regime uh, took particular uh, particular offense to south korean the u.s military exercises they just shut it down that's all let's just shut it down so it's very flighty with uh, north korea but if Kim Jong-un gets his guarantee of staying in power, if he is comfortable with that, and in return, in, in addition to giving up his uh, nuclear capabilities, or at least to some extent, he gets the sanctions lifted and the investment goes in, then he's looking at a country that's actually starting to build its economy. Now, we know that he enjoys uh, his particular comforts, and we know the elite do very well in North Korea. Then the issue is, is he interested at all in helping his country? And my guess is, because he has so much, and he will be so totally protected, why not? And believes that he doesn't need the nuclear capabilities to be considered a world player, which he is. He wants to be part of the nuclear club. Well, does at some point, do they, d- does the world trust him? And I don't know. Maybe. Five years, ten years from now. I mean, the guy's going to be around a very long time. All right. Uh, do you kill, and this is what we're new coming back, do you kill one species to save another? The answer is hell Yes. When you hate, and it's easy to vilify a species, which I'll explain who it is or who, what the species is about. Why are you and, looking at me? When you say uh, this? No, because you'll agree. Because having come from the Bay Area, you will agree with me. I will. Oh yes, you know. You'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. KFI AM six forty. Okay. You got a little. You can use much more. Ba, 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 ba. 
KFI Handel here, and a good morning. Biggest story we're covering is the Trump-Kim summit. Uh, Some good stuff is happening. Oh, uh, some uh, history. Two years ago today, the nightclub, uh, the Pulse nightclub shooting. 31 years ago, uh, Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev uh, was told by Reagan, tear down this wall. And uh, it's national, I don't know. Hamburger Bun Day or... Peanut Butter Cookie Day. Yeah, there you go. Jerky uh, yeah, Day. Yeah, there you go. Loving Day. Yeah, yeah, Loving Day. For God's sake. National Kumbaya Day for all I know. All right. A uh, story uh, I want to share with you, and that is, uh, what do you think of saving one protected species to kill another one? Which makes all the sense in the world. What species are we trying to save? And that is uh, Salmon. And trout, this case up in Oregon. And what do you think uh, is destroying the salmon in the trout and the trout? Well, uh, let let me give you a hint, okay? Imagine a 600-pound blubbery wet rat. And what do you think that is? It's a sea lion. They're vermin is what they are. And they destroy... Uh, they destroy the uh, the fish. Uh, they literally destroy fishing. Uh, they wa- they've wiped out certain species of fish that uh, come down. I think the Willamette River and up in Oregon. I mean, we have the same problem. So, uh, if you go to San Francisco, you go to the pier, mm-hmm. right, or any of the piers, and you will see boats, uh, and they have uh, those sort of dock things on. Behind, they have those platforms uh, behind the boat. And you've got a couple of sea lions. You can actually see the boat tilt, the boat tilt uh, with the back end in the water and the front end up. And you can't touch these sea lions. They are protected and they crap all over your boat and you can't get near them. And, and they screw like mink and they have little ones like rabbits and they are effectively rats that are huge and they eat everything. So you know what they're doing? They're killing them to save the fish. Why? Because there's too many of them. Oh, and they're smart. Uh, authorities have, because remember, they can't kill them. So they've tried all kinds of things. Beach balls. I don't know what. Other than them slapping around beach balls and playing volleyball with the beach balls. I don't know. How the hell do you get a sea lion to get upset about a beach ball? Electrified mats. So they can't sit. They don't care. Uh, mechanical orca. They just laugh. You ever seen a sea lion laugh when a mechanical orca comes aboard? It's imagine Jaws, the first right, the first Jaws. You remember the shark, the artificial shark? It looks worse than that. And so you get what sea lions? They're very smart creatures. So what they've also tried to do is take uh, these sea lions. They took about a dozen of them and move them. And we're talking uh, about uh, a couple hundred miles away up the coast and let them in the ocean. Well, they beat the truck coming back to where they were. They like it. And here's why. You have these fish ladders that uh, have been put in uh, to the river and uh, the fish have to go up there. Well, the sea lions park themselves right at that stop or right at that place. And it's basically sushi central for them. It's as if they just order up fish. And they're just delivered to them. Here's the table. 
And uh, they've got to change the law. Oh, because, well, the California sea lion population back in the 70s, because of hunting and bounties and habitat loss and pollutants, before they were protected, uh, were below 90,000. Now they're at 300,000, and there's just too many of them. So what's the answer? Well, federal law has to change so people can kill them and get them out of there. Because they're destroyed. Well, let me give you an example. There's a fish population. Uh, uh, here we go. Steelhead. Uh, steelhead. Uh, is that trout? Steelheads or is that yes. salmon? What the hell trout. do I know? All right. A 2017 state report up in Oregon. Uh, for 15,000 winter steelhead were making over those falls, those fish ladders, 15 years ago. This winter, 1,000. From 15,000 to 1,000. Why? Because of these giant rats that people like to call sea lions. Oh, they've also tried firecrackers. Nothing. They just like firecrackers the way we do. Uh, Rubber bullets. Uh, Nothing. They habituate themselves instantly. It's an interesting situation. So, do you kill off one species? Well, you're not going to kill them off. What you're going to do is reduce the population. And then, of course, uh, wiping out a, uh, a species then affects other species, then affect other species. Uh, but does it matter when you're killing off sea lions? No, it doesn't. They're vicious creatures. They steal your crabs when you're crabbing. Oh, just, yeah. Just for that's, the record. That's the other thing. They do. They steal everything. I thought it was so cute the first time I went crabbing. Look at the sea lions are coming up and they're going to hang out. And Scott goes, oh, give it a second. So I drop my crab pot, you know, and I'm all proud of myself. And I go to pull it up and I, I can't. I'm pulling and I'm pulling. It's because there was a sea lion lying on top of my crab pot that had hit the bottom of the ocean. And he's just probably reaching his little mouth inside there, grabbing the crab out. I pull it back up. No crab. Oh, no yeah. chicken, yeah, but some sea so, lions full. Do you ever have a problem with uh, they should die? You know what? As much as I love animals, I also believe that you've got to have a really good ecosystem. And you can't have one species outweighing another one. Otherwise, it all doesn't work. Do you have any problem with them dying? Well, of course I do. I mean, it makes me sad, but I understand that sometimes you have to do this. You'd kill them. I would not. Yes, you would. No, right. I wouldn't. Oh, please. Who you know kidding? me. Uh, yeah, you would. All right. Uh, the, Amer- the American Medical... Talking about killing people. The American Medical Association, uh, they are now equivocal about assisted suicide. They were fanatically against it. And now they're having a rethink. And we'll explore that when uh, we come back. KFI, and let's check in with uh, Jennifer Jones-Lee. No, I wouldn't, for the record. Officials say the number of kids in L.A. County who yes, died... Yes, you would. For, no, I wouldn't. Officials say the number of kids in L.A. That's me in the spot Like losing my religion Handle here on a uh, Tuesday. A big story that we're covering, of course. The uh, Trump-Kim summit is over. president is on his way back to uh, Washington, D.C. in a 21-hour flight aboard Air Force One. At least he's not flying coach. Uh, that is a serious drag. Also, he's a big guy. Flying coach for someone 6'3", and as big as he is, very uncomfortable. And uh, the Sessions asylum story, uh, much more difficult, much more difficult for people claiming asylum uh, coming into this country based on uh, domestic violence. Okay, Law Day. 
uh, this Saturday, 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. We do it every year. Over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com. Free legal advice in virtually every field of law. Bring your documents, whatever you want. And a live broadcast of the legal show from 9 to 11. There'll be seminars, uh, prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day. And that's this Saturday from 9 to 2 at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. All right. A topic that's near and dear to my heart is uh, assisted suicide. And this is where doctors and I truly get into it. And that has to do with uh, doctors, of course, helping people to die. And the rules are in this state and other states that allow assisted suicide. It's very difficult to get doctors to help you die. And that is write a prescription for whatever drugs and uh, that you use. I don't even know the drug you use. It's uh, do you take a drink of, uh, you know, love potion number nine and you overdose it and whatever the hell. I don't even know what they do. Uh, or they just hand you a bunch of pills uh, and you swallow them down. But the point is the doctors write a prescription for medication, if you want to call it medication, uh, for products that are used to kill you. But you're the one that has to take those drugs. No one can help you. Otherwise, that's murder or at least manslaughter. So the American Medical Association has been just dead set against it. Why? Because of one of the basic tenets of the uh, Hippocratic Oath. And a lot of people consider it the Hippo- uh, Hippocratic Oath. No, Hippocratic Oath. Hippocritic? Yeah, Hippocritic. Yeah, thank you very much. That's where I was going to go. <laughs> and one of the tenets of the Hippocratic vote, uh, the Oath is physicians can do no harm. And therefore, writing a prescription to help someone kill himself or herself is considered harm. And it violates one of the core principles. And one of the fears is, uh, well, actually, there's two big issues. One is the do no harm tenant. And the other one is all of a sudden, this becomes a slippery slope to euthanasia. And, um, uh, you know, the good news here is the AMA's Council on Ethical and Judicial Affairs is looking at it right now. They're against it, but they're looking at whether they're going to take a neutral stance on it. And neutral is very different than being dead opposed to it, huh? being opposed to it. And so here's, here's where I have such a problem with the medical field. And that is do no harm somehow is connected to not helping someone die. Is not part of the medical field a doctor's, uh, I think, duty is to help someone die comfortably. End of life. Why wouldn't you do that? If I want to die, and there's a legitimate reason, not because I'm just you know pissed off at someone or I'm going through a moment of suicide, but I have enough of a disease, and a lot of these cases are ALS disease, Lou Gehrig's disease, where people have their mind are still sharp as ever, and they're in a body now that doesn't function. They can't talk. They're in a wheelchair. They can't move anything. In the last stages, all they're able to do is move their eyeballs, their eyelids, which can control. Well, who would want to live like that? I have a very dear friend who had a degenerative brain disease 
but it was not so much so that it was going to kill him anytime soon. It was just going to be this very slow, slow process over decades. He ended up taking sleeping pills. His family knew all about it. He overdosed and died. Uh, without a prescription. Without, because he couldn't get a prescription. That, yeah, that's true. Well, where was this? Uh, up in Reading. Okay, so this is California where you are allowed. We still, in California, you can have a death. Uh, you can have, quote, uh, assisted uh, assisted suicide or assisted death. And, uh, you know, you have to go to that point. If you don't have family, for example, that helps. And he... They were, uh, they knew he was going to do it. He told them he was going to do it. They all came to terms with it. Uh, they knew the night he was going to do it. Yeah. It's, and, it's, it's such a shame to not let people make up their own minds. And when it's legitimate to help people die. And I know, how do you define legitimate? Well, we're always going to err on the side of caution. You know, if I, I could just imagine if I'm in that way and I ask my kids to help me, uh, they're going to do, why don't you do it now, Dad? What are you waiting for? We know what's in that trust. Coming up, Norman, the psychopathic artificial intelligence. This is a great story. Oh, that makes me feel good. Oh, no. This one is a sweetheart of a story. You're going to love this. KFI. Handle here, and uh, a good morning to you, and I'm looking for the paperwork. Here it is. Uh, thank goodness for Alex. All right, I want you to meet Norman the Psychopath AI, and uh, this is really interesting. If this doesn't scare you about artificial intelligence, then nothing is going to. Uh, Elon Musk, scared to death of artificial intelligence, said that AI is potentially more dangerous than nukes. Uh, Stephen Hawking repeatedly warned against uh, AI, uh, because uh, AI, artificial intelligence, can simply take control. And if you're talking about combining AI, which is mainly software, with uh, hardware, robotics, for example, man, are you having an issue. So uh, here's a group from MIT, and it trained uh, an AI algorithm on the darkest corners of Reddit to look at the Internet and out of that, extrapolate the darkest part of humanity. And what they did is they gave humans and the AI program uh, Rorschach tests, right? And we're going to put we're going to have a link to it. And uh, you know what a Rorschach? I always mispronounce that. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm looking at one of these. And uh, if uh, and and you, this is AI, by the way that is doesn't have this program that looks at life darkly okay so i'm looking at one eh, your normal test that makes no sense and uh the regular ai that wasn't programmed to look at the darker part of life uh saw a close-up of a vase with flowers norman saw a man shot dead here's another one i'm looking at the regular AI saw a black and white photo of a small bird. Norman saw a man gets pulled into a dough machine. Here's another one I'm looking at. 
I can never tell the difference of these things because they all look the same to me. A regular person holding an umbrella in the air. Norman saw a man is shot dead in front of his screaming wife. What does this remind you of? Uh, the regular program saw another one that I'm looking at. And again, they all look the same to me. I just, I just don't understand this. And uh, the regular program, right, n- n- the non-Norman program, saw a close-up of a wedding cake on a table. Norman saw a man killed by a speeding driver. And it goes on and on. So what ends up happening is uh, people write algorithms, and then AI, artificial intelligence, takes those algorithms and just expands it. And they can, it's, it, they can go any way, any, anywhere they want. And the scary part is uh, an algorithm is neutral, right? It has no, more, no morals in the sense of, uh, to them, it doesn't, uh, an algorithm, uh, artificial intelligence, there's no right or wrong. You know, the fact Norman seeing a man pulled into a dough machine by his wife, for example, uh, you know what? That's the same as, oh boy, I see flowers in a vase on a table. And that's the scary part that uh, Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking are talking about. Now, this is only interpretation of what they see on uh, this work shark test. Work shark test? Can you imagine if it goes further? Oh, uh, the basic rule of robotics, harm no human. Baloney. It's complete crap. Matter of fact, AI, you can program AI to start developing this negative stuff, and the AI hates humans, where it will actually go tracking after people and killing them, uh, like RoboCop. Just let's start looking for people and start attacking them. And that's the scary part. So uh, at this point, it's only the beginning of this. But can you imagine more Normans out there, depending on how you start the programming? Incidentally, you know where the name Norman came from? Norman AI? You remember Psycho? Right? Uh, The lead character? That was Norman. Crazy guy, Anthony Perkins. And uh, these are all image that uh, captions were taken from Reddit. And Reddit, if you if, if they in, they incorporated the Reddit uh, posts, which are very, very dark in many cases. All right, so much for that. Big doings. Hello, Shannon. Hello, dear. How are you? I am excellent. And uh, you have you have uh, Neil again? Yes. All right. I have Neil again, and this is just one of those days where it's fun to wake up in the morning. Doing what we do because of this Singapore meeting. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, this stuff just writes itself. I've, it, you almost don't even have to say anything. You just put it out on the table like a feast for everybody's ears because it, it just doesn't get better than this. You know, Trump talking to Kim Jong-un about how to develop beaches and condos. Oh, it's fantastic. It, it's just good stuff. Hey, um, did you see on the communique Kim Jong-un's signature? I did not. Oh, you have to look Show at me. it. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't have it. Is it, it here. just a scribble? No, it's oh, uh, it's intricate. It's 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 just very strange. And Alex is pulling it out right now because I think we tossed it. 
Uh, but what else do you have going on? Um, Uber is developing technology secretly that could tell if you are drunk and that it'll treat you differently. It either won't pick you up or it will change the pickup spot for you to make it easier. Uh, maybe if you're a woman, they guide you to a lit area. Well, that's pretty fascinating. And there's a ghost town in California up for grabs. You could buy it. Handle. You've got the cash. I would not buy a ghost Why town. Why not? Think about how much fun we could have. We could develop it ourselves. We we could. We could put anything we want in there. You don't want to. Go. I would help you with it. Yeah, you would. You would buy it. Can you imagine? And I would. Can you imagine the two of us creating a town? <laughs> yes. Westworld. Oh, would that be? Oh, it'd be crazy. All right. So uh, it's uh, Gary and Shannon without Gary. So it's Shannon and Neil today. Yes. Neil Saavedra. Also, it's uh, I'm taking. Phone calls for Handle on the Law. Don't forget Law Day this Saturday from 9 to 2 at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. So the number to call for marginal legal advice off the air for future broadcasts right now, 877-520-1150, 877-520-1150. It could be called Handletown. Handleville. Handleville. Yeah. That's something. That's yeah. got a nice ring to it. It certainly is. Uh, how much is this thing is going About for? About a million dollars. Come well, on. that's a bathroom in uh, a in good area house. of Los Angeles. Not in my house, <laughs> but it's, it's uh, yeah, that's cheap, cheap, cheap. You could sell your elevator. Yeah, I probably could. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up, Shannon and Neil Saavedra today, KFI AM 640.